An intimate look at what empath medicine has to do with Hesnea's path to her purpose. That and much more on this episode of Sex, Love, Joy. You're listening to Sex, Love, Joy, an interview series in which special guests reveal intimate details about how they connect the dots between sex, love, joy. I'm your host, Anain Bjorquist. On today's show, I have with me Hesnea. This is part two of our interview, and this half of the interview is a much more personal look about what her path to becoming an ascension guide really was like. I hope you enjoy, but before we dive into the interview, I want to remind you that I will be in New York City co-hosting Nourish and Nosh with Jennifer Sterling. It is an evening of movement, dinner, and very juicy conversation about what exactly is vanilla sex. I hope that you visit sexlovejoy.com slash events to get more details, but hurry because there's just a few more tickets left and I'd love to spend the evening with you. Now to the show. I would love for you, because you've, you've mentioned self-care a couple times, I would love for you to talk about self-care for empaths. Oh man, empath medicine. Where do I even start with this? I love this topic, it's so juicy. I love that this end up being such a huge part of my work because this is like my story, you know? This is like... We all, you know, a lot of these spiritual practices and teachings are ancient, you know, a lot of times people online will be like, yeah, I, you know, I, I talk about this too. And I'm like, absolutely, for sure. And as you should, you know, a lot of these ideas are really ancient. However, I firmly believe that the reason we are all here is because there is something very unique in creation that we offer that is only us, you know, like that is why we're here, you know, as I always say, our life purpose ultimately is to be ourselves. And for me, when I think about everything that happened in my life, it all adds up to this empath medicine, you know? And when I really discovered that, it really like, it's really what changed my life and empowered me to live in a different way because I spent so long feeling like something was wrong with me. I spent so long feeling like, you know, just being told all the time you're so sensitive or like growing up in a really challenging childhood and seeing how my siblings totally processed everything that happened differently than me. And I couldn't understand. And I thought it was like, um, I thought it was like maybe cursed or something, you know, like I was like, oh, and I would see other people and I'd be like, wow, other people are just so happy and lucky and I'm always crying I was always crying as a kid and and I would always have these like um uh attachment issues with certain people and you know uh it was a lot and there was no information there was no resource there was nothing that was really helping me through it the only thing that was helping me through it was turning inward you know, that was my only piece and in, in turning inward and connecting inward with something that was, you know, now that I understand was like my higher self, you know. Um, but at the time, it was just like, I remember I could go in and I could find this piece, you know, this inner piece. 
And, but I would feel constantly bombarded with, didn't call it energy or even know it as emotions, did not know that I was not my emotions, nor was I everyone else's emotions I was absorbing, right? Um, and just thinking that like I was in pain. Yes. Just being in pain, like physical pain. Um, and it's hard because I understand now from on a vibrational level that when you're in the vibration of pain, you attract more painful situations. It's tough, you know? It's kind of hurts my heart a little bit that it works that way, but I also understand that there's a brilliance to it because I would not have been so um, propelled to figure out what was happening if it didn't, if it wasn't such a strong uh, experience in my life of just being in this state of not feeling good to really like come to this place now of like my 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 practice is feeling good that's what my practice is finding things that feel good for me you know and giving myself permission to feel good and knowing what feeling good feels like I didn't yes. even know yes I didn't know there was a difference I just knew that I didn't understand why it didn't seem like I was happy mm-hmm. you know and um but you know again there was a brilliance in the way that I set up my 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 life plan because my house when I was growing up opened up into the woods so I would go in the woods for hours and just go into another dimension and get lost and be talking to trees and eating berries and like sleeping in the grass and like feeling loved so those were the times when I felt loved and uh and safe you know and at some point I started to discern like it's when I'm around other people that I don't feel good yeah (laughs) you know what I mean like when I'm with myself I feel fine when I'm with other people I don't feel good like and I just started seeing the world as kind of scary you know and hiding and you talk about that you talk about being an empath and not wanting to hide anymore yeah and that's so again coming into this awareness of like what it is and studying it and having a son who's also clairsentient and um, knowing that like in one environment, my child would be a certain way and then seeing in another environment, he would be completely different and he would be, and I was like, he's completely not who he is at home. Like he's completely out of control and overstimulated and acting like not like himself. And I, And I actually went and had my son tested when he was about two years old because I didn't feel like something was like wrong per se, but I sensed that there was something going on that was challenging for him um, because he would have these emotional outbursts that I could not figure out what was going on. So I actually thought at the time that he was um, autistic because he would go into these bubbles and he would not want to talk. My son didn't talk and he was two years old and he still wasn't talking. And so I um, I thought, again, I thought he might be autistic. And the way that he would play with toys, he would go into this little tiny world where he would manipulate toys and he would like basically drown out all of the environment. And that was his way of coping, I guess, I learned. And basically when I went to get him tested, they were like, he's extremely cognitively advanced. There's absolutely nothing wrong with him. He doesn't want to... He doesn't want to talk. <laughs> like, okay. He doesn't want to deal right now. <laughs> he doesn't want to deal over it. So I was like, okay, so 
learning through him, learning through like that experience of trying to make him feel safe to be open, to come out, to, you know, like, tell me who you are. I want to hear you talk, you know, and like growing through that process and evolving it. Now he's eight and learning, oh my gosh, my son is highly sensitive. He's highly sensitive. He's highly intuitive. He knows things. You know what I mean? He can, he would be a baby and he would, certain people come around, he would just start crying. You know what I mean? And I was like, how did he pick up on that? I would be like, I know, (laughs) you know? And at some point I realized that there was something going on, you know? And I, and I, and again, I, I just, I would just search the internet, Uh like, without end like <laughs> with long words like you know what I mean like this is happening and eventually I found this book um the book is called highly sensitive person and there's actually a series okay so there's highly sensitive person there's a highly sensitive child there's a highly sensitive person in love can you imagine <laughs> and when I tell you when I picked up this book I literally like had to throw it against the wall because I was like shaking. Yeah. I was shaking because the other thing I, know, I learned about empaths is that your nervous system is what tells you when something is true. So when I start, when I get like this, I'll get like, um, like I'll get this wave mm-hmm. through my nervous system. I'll feel something. I'll know, like, I just felt the truth, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, when I started reading this book, I had to, I had to read it in snippets. I had to put it down. It was overwhelming. I was like, this is not a real thing. This is not a real thing. I literally thought this was just me, you know, because I didn't know anyone else. Everyone in my whole life was like, oh, you're too sensitive. You're so sensitive. You're like the most sensitive person ever. It's so annoying. Why are you so sensitive? Stop being so sensitive. You know what I mean? That's what I was like programmed with my whole life, that it was something that was wrong. Yeah. And when I'm reading this thing and it's like only 15% of people in the world are truly um empaths there's another like 30 to 40 percent of people that are kind of like remotely sensitive and then the rest of the world of people they're not wired neurologically in this way that empaths are and the thing is there's a neurological component there's a chakra system to it people that are empaths do not have mastery of the solar plexus i actually had my chakras red this was very apparent Okay. There's also an astrological component. I have all of the markers of being an empath. It has to do with your, um, your moon and your 12th house. And if you have a lot of planets in retrograde, which is very rare, I have six planets in retrograde, which is a, uh, it's representation of like inward focus, Uh you know? So, um, you know, again, I started to like learn all these things through just really, I'm like a researcher by nature. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a thing I picked. All of my work around reincarnation and past lives and pre-birth plans, like there's no way all this stuff lined up on accident. Like I chose this. Yeah. Then I had to start to do the work. Why would I have picked this? Why would I have picked this? <laughs> what, what did I want to learn, you know? And teach. Teach what we lived, you know? <sighs> tell it (laughs) it's the truth so how do you discern energy self-care is key and then learning to feel your own energy is key 
is first learning your home frequency learning this is what i feel like when i'm in alignment mind body spirit is fully in alignment then from that baseline when you have that reference point that takes a lot of healing to get Uh to that point to feel yourself a lot of people i realize have never felt themselves fully right or never been seen or like whatever and this is like some of the most foundational work that i start to offer people is how to feel themselves what it feels like to be in your energy okay so then you can bring someone else's energy in and then you can start to develop this emotional guidance system or this body awareness system for like discerning these clues about what this feels like and what it means and you start to develop your own system and I don't necessarily have a language that can always articulate what it is that I'm feeling when I feel like someone's energy is um, like, let's say someone is like projecting their fears onto me or when someone is um, approaching me with their ego or with jealousy or with, um, you know, or I don't want to say it's always bad emotions, but like, you start to develop once you've like started to take in more people's energy and you're feeling it. You're like, Oh, I know. I remember the last time I felt this, this was when this happened, this person was tripping or whatever. (laughs) And, and then you start to like make all these like mental associations where, you know, really quickly through your extra sensoriness, like, I already know what this is. This is this, this is, I can see this. I can read this. I can feel it. And that's the thing about like the difference between being clairsentient is that it's a feeling versus like, a, you know, any of the other clair senses, clair audience or like clairvoyance where you might get like a picture in your head. Clairsentience is feelings. It's all, it's learning this feeling tone. So it's like, there's all these different tones of frequencies that I feel around people when their energy is where it is. And it's not like I can give a physical representation always. Sometimes I try to explain it with body language or sometimes I try because there might be an outward expression of it that I can try to pinpoint. But I'm like, it's not that. That's just a symptom of what the energy is. But it might be eye contact. You know, eyes are a huge conduit for energy. It might be the way someone's diverting eye contact from me when they're talking. And I might be able to, you know, like clue them into that. Um, and, and it's a lot of times unconscious that people are doing. So, um, one of the things about learning to be more comfortable being a a happy and healthy empath that's also socially active is learning to really be centered in myself and be in my authentic power, which means that I know that I have the ability to be a catalyst for other people's energy. I know that I have the ability to speak directly to someone's spirit, mm. right? Um, I know that I have the ability to guard my solar plexus when I feel like an interaction might be without the boundaries that I would like. Someone is crossing my energetic boundaries. I know how to guard my solar plexus. Um, and I know how to also call with my angels ah. and be like, this situation is not, I mean, I've had situations before where I don't say anything to someone, but I create an energetic boundary and I might call my angels and they leave. I would be the person always before that I would leave. I would send something with someone's energy and I'd be like, I need to leave this place. 
You know, now I'm in a position of being in my authentic power where I'm firm, I'm grounded and I'm centered and I'm not budging and I'm put my boundaries up and I close, I might, I might be able to close my chakras down like halfway and not be receptive. And that person will actually feel it and they'll leave. They'll feel something energetic and they'll be like, I'm leaving or I got to go or whatever. Um, and it's not that I'm trying to make people feel uncomfortable or whatever, but again, it's like, it's part of me asking people to take ownership of their own energy. It's such an important thing, you know? Everything you're saying is a damn truth, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do know. Yeah. I um I wanted to ask you um, a couple more questions. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was what's the difference between New Age and the things that you believe in practice? Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of misconception about some of the ideas that are out there and, and, and the difference in, in one sense is like that I'm not just um, espousing ideas that I read somewhere. Like I'm talking about things that are my daily practice, that are my actual practice. So that's why I think when I talk about things, people know that I'm speaking from my heart and from my experience. I'm not searching for the words. You know what I mean? I'm I'm speaking from my practice, right? But for people that are just kind of out there feeling out these ideas and they're coming across, uh, you know, they're encountering all these ideas and they're trying to name it or give it a lineage or whatever, they are hearing this concept of like new age and they don't know the history of it. New age is something entirely different than what I study. I study mysticism yes. and Eastern philosophies. Okay. Um, and I study nature-based magical practices. Okay. However, new age philosophy does incorporate occult traditions, Mm -hmm. which I also speak to. They also incorporate, um, magic. However, if you look at the history of the lineages and where it came from and how it grew and who practiced it and all that kind of stuff, I won't get into like what new age is per se, because again, that's not my work. Yes. But it's a very clear delineation between what um, Eastern philosophies and mysticism do in practice. It's my path is a path of the heart, you know, more so than magic. My path is a path of the heart. And it's a path of like, my work is as a fourth chakra healer. You know, this is what I do. My heart chakra is one of my most active chakras. So <clears throat> I connect people to their heart, okay? And, you know, the the practices might look the same on the outside, but again, the energy behind them mm-hmm. is going to be very different. Um, for me, new age, based on what I know of the history, because I studied, the, I always study things because I want to know what they are and what they're not. It always has a... <clears throat> It always has a sense of like white supremacy embedded in it because that's the practice that it came from. It came from a lineage of there being a um, an original race, right? Which this can be a really lengthy topic, you know, because I also study a lot of ancient um, civilizations, right? But there was what we would call like an original race. However, it was a, a race of people that were spirit. They weren't even in a physical body. It wasn't 
Aryan versus this versus that, okay? So the way that they perceived this original race of people that were pure beings was that it was Aryans. So they were very into this idea of keeping this pure race in the way that they misinterpreted it. Which so that, again, that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. I want you to tell the listeners about your offerings that you have coming out and about your empath kit and your services and how they can get a hold of you and connect with yeah. you more. Yeah, absolutely. So um, on Twitter, I am that girl Haas and um on Instagram, I am Vibrational Medicine, and I also have Resonance Apothecary. So um, the Resonance Apothecary is sort of like my baby. It's like my, my, my newest of the projects that I do in a sense of new that I'm sharing it because it's stuff that I've been doing for a while. And so um, I create a lot of self-care products, and it's not self-care in a way that it's like, just like body butter and all that kind of stuff, which I love, of course. I'm a cosmetic junkie. <laughs> it's actually like vibrational attunement products. So it's products that will be an um, an offering for you to attune your frequency with a specific intention that I create around it. Um, and so it's vibrational medicine, okay? And it's this idea of like a tuning fork where – um, you can be offered a frequency because that frequency is within you and it can be awakened and then you can start to embody it. Okay. And so these are tools that will help with that. Um, I make kits every month to go along with my newsletter. Um, currently I just finished a round of prosperity kits and, um, and I'm still writing in my newsletter about that. And I just did a video on YouTube, which you're more than welcome to check out. Um, and then next month, the focus is going to be empath medicine. So I'm going to be talking about techniques for how to um, be healthy and happy as an empath and what it means to be an empath. And, um, and I'm going to be offering um, a kit with uh, certain items that I'm really excited about. They're gonna help with the nervous system. They're gonna also help with mastery of the solar plexus. Um, they're gonna help with clearing, purification, and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, because I've had such a strong feedback about these products, I am creating a full product line. I'm in the process of finalizing that. The first thing that I'm gonna make available are gonna be my holy waters, which are, um, sprays that can be used to cleanse your field at any time, cleanse your aura. And I have a lot of ceremony ritual that I do around water consciousness. So it's water from my altar that I have set intentions in. It's been charged with stones, with um, different aromatherapy components and, um, you know, essential oils and stuff. And these are great. They save my life. Like I take them into any space that I'm into and I spray and clear the space. I create ritual space with them. I spray myself with them. My son loves them. He takes them to school sometimes. And, um, and they all have different, different vibrations. So there'll be a range of those. And then it'll grow from there because I also make um, healing oils and um, spiritual baths mixes and teas. So that's what resonance is. Um, and I, I have just been really called to working with 
plants as teachers and flowers and have found it really, really powerful as an empath. So um, that's mostly what I'm going to be sharing from from uh, that project. And then I also have um, I have some products that I can't talk about yet, <laughs> um, but they'll be they'll, they'll be upcoming and they'll be exciting. Um, but they're all sensory things. They're all for all. I got something for all the senses. Okay. And, and then I also do one-on-one -on -one transformational coaching. So I, um, I speak a lot about the ascension process. This is a really critical time in the earth evolution because we're going through an ascension. So we have been like descending for thousands of years and we're actually, we actually have turned the corner on that and we are ascending. And so there's a lot of symptoms that people are going through that they might not understand what's happening. A lot of stuff is coming up. So I really help people to get grounded in what the ascension process is and what it feels like, what practices will help them to tap into the energies that are here to really start to create a life of bliss and fullness and to start to let go of these old paradigm ideas <clears throat> and these old limitations that are like just not serving us anymore. Sex is? Sex is a transformational process. It's a beautiful way to experience yourself and to share that with someone else. Love is? Love is magic. I mean, love is really, I mean, love is really like, what we're here to experience um it's really what's it's what's real you know all of the a lot of the other emotions that we um give weight to are really an illusion you know and love is what's really real it's what's divine it's our true nature i love it joy is joy is i mean when i think of joy i think of um laughter and like bliss and like a childlike wonderment and um, just really excitement, you know, just like really being uh, taking in the moment really fully, like being really present in the moment and being in gratitude. Everything you've said is absolutely delicious. I, I love what you've said. Thank you so much for being on Thank Sex, Love, Joy. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have spoken with you. You're amazing. Thank and you. And I love that you are doing this. This is really <laughs> powerful. I'm, I'm like so happy that you included me. Thanks for listening to Sex, Love, Joy. For more interviews like this one and my other work, please visit sexlovejoy.com. I hope that listening to today's guests talk about living their truths helps you in your quest to do the same. Remember, thriving ain't easy, but adding a little sex, love, joy to your day makes the living a whole lot juicier. Until next time.